This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. All right, welcome. Welcome back to NFL Friday. This is week three. I'm Christian Goey, your host and Jets beat reporter. I'm joined by David Spampanato and Christian Hoban in the studio today. We also have Matt Murphy uh, giving us some fantasy football advice. Um, And behind the glass is Reed Horner, who did a fantastic job a couple weeks ago. So it should be a great show. We have a lot lined up. Uh, Just a preview. We're going to be talking Thursday night football first. Patriots continue to dominate the rest of the NFL, even without the best quarterback of all time and Tom Brady. And then we're going to get to Giants after our first fantasy football segment and hear Tom Scabelli's report that he prepared for this upcoming game against Washington. And then we're going to get another fantasy football segment before we get to the Jets, which I prepared a report for. And then we'll get our last fantasy segment and finish it off with weekly picks. So we have a lot to talk about within this next 45 to 55 minutes. Guys, how you doing? Did you watch the game last night? Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched the whole game through, but uh, I didn't really enjoy it. I mean, I watched it, though. <laughs> you know, Jacoby Brissett, just just in case people don't know, is injured, uh, strained his right thumb, was it? He yeah, had, he has a light on his leg. throwing hand. So he's going to get surgery, but last night he burst on the scene. Not huge numbers, but he had a big run, and he led them to a 27 nothing victory over Houston. And uh, the Patriots are right where they were last year. They're at the top of the AFC East. And they're 3-0, and and Tom Brady is only going to be out for one more week, and it's just really unfair to every other fan of a team in the league. Yeah, and, and it, does it really matter if Brady comes back or if he goes down or anything? I mean, that's been the talk of the day. Is Brady just this game manager? System where quarterback. Really, exactly, System where really anyone could just get into his job and do it. Because Brissett just did what he had to do, and his numbers do not jump off the page at all. 11 huh. for 19, 103 yards, that's... That shouldn't be. That shouldn't result in the twenty-seven-zero victory. It shouldn't. But he, you know, Brissett impressed me because of his poise, and yeah. he didn't make those crucial mistakes that you usually see from a guy like a Geno Smith that comes to <laughs> mind as a as a Jets fan and Jets reporter. So I was actually impressed with Jacoby Brissett. How about you, Christian? I, I was impressed uh, in a few aspects. I was impressed that the guy who ran the second slowest forty time for a quarterback at this year's combine pulled off that twenty-seven yard run. And I was impressed that he didn't throw an interception. You know, the Texans' defense is supposed to be good, and they weren't bad the first two weeks. I was, I was pretty impressed that he didn't throw an interception, that he managed the game and he controlled the game for the Patriots. Okay, but I don't think we actually came to a decision. Is Tom Brady a system quarterback? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's not, that's not really debatable. I think Reed point, Horner I think. has a different opinion because he's shaking his head, but I, I kind of agree with, Chris, with Reed Horner on this one. I mean, if you're not joking, which I know you are, because I know there are people actually legitimately considering this as a debate. Is is Tom Brady a system quarterback? That is the most ridiculous question ever. He benefits. Yeah, it's ridiculous because it's so obviously yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, look, he, of course he benefits from the system, but he is the GOAT. Yeah. Really? Without a doubt. <laughs> no, Carson Wentz I mean, Yeah, Carson, Carson, Wentz. Carson Wentz is. But, I mean, we're not going to get into a conversation about greatest quarterbacks of all time because I can argue for Peyton Manning until I'm blue in the face. But – 
I I, th- I do think it is a little bit ridiculous to say that Tom Brady's a system <laughs> quarterback. It's it's fun to say though I'm because su- Patriots. I'm fans surprised get you so actually mad. I'm oh, su- you gave up on that. I can one. S- I can see That's Reed turning red in the <laughs> through the glass. Well, yeah. Julian Edelman might be their next quarterback. Is Julian Edelman a system quarterback? I will. He could be. He could I, be. I think he'll be the best dual threat quarterback in the league next week. Yeah, huge read option quarterback. Lamar Jackson type quarterback. Sure. The next Mike sure. Vick. <laughs> <laughs> we'll run with that. But it. But all jokes aside, though, I mean, could you have imagined that the Patriots were going to be three and zero going into Week Four with not just Jimmy Garoppolo, but with Jacoby Brissett? I mean, it was one thing to start off two and zero with Garoppolo, but knowing that Garoppolo was not going to be available last night, it's it's an incredible feet that they're three and out it is incredible especially because if you consider their opponents houston supposed to be pretty good and they were in arizona week one that's that's insane that they went in there and won with garoppolo they pre- arizona probably would have been a one or two point favorite even if the patriots had brady they were missing gronk that cardinals were or were a really good team last year they're a really good team this year they put up 40 points last week and I, th- I think that's the most i think that's the most impressive thing and this was really their first like blowout win. I mean, the Miami game was a huge, you know, it was like thir- 24-0 for a while, and Miami came back when Brissett came in. So this has really solidified them. But I think the guys that are really holding them down are the defense, and they're not really getting a lot of credit. Jamie Collins has proven to be one of the best linebackers and definitely the most athletic linebacker in the NFL. So, you know, you can give Belichick and, and Garoppolo and Brissett all the credit in the world, but I think these defensive guys are flying under the radar, and I think that's the way they like it. Yeah, you know, another thing we didn't even mention really, and I don't, I don't, I know I didn't mention it was Houston on paper is a is a really good team, yeah, offensively and defensively. And I was surprised at how, uh, like you said, New England defense just shut out Brock Osweiler. DeAndre Hopkins is a phenomenal receiver, but he didn't do much after the beginning of the game. And again, it just shows how amazing of a coach Bill Belichick really is. He may really be the best coach of all time. I know that's, I know there's a lot of good ones like Paul Brown, Vince Lombardi, Bill Walsh, etc. But he is definitely in the mix when it's all said and done to be the greatest coach of all time. Uh, the Patriots, things have not changed with them, and uh, they're 3-0. and They're looking pretty, and even though Julian Edelman may be their quarterback week four, uh, we still don't know for sure. We're going to get to the Gi- to the Giants, excuse me, who uh, who have another an interesting matchup as they fit- take on Josh Norman and the Redskins. But before we do that, Let's hear from Matt Murphy with our first fantasy football segment on who to start this week. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. So this is what Matthew Berry must feel like, right? (laughs) Anyway... I got a bunch of names for you guys here, but before I get into all of the guys I'm starting, I have three must-starts. A quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver. I'm not going to give you the generic names. If you're 90% or above owned on ESPN, I'm not putting them in this because you're starting them no matter what. Love it. Quarterback, Matt Ryan on Monday night against New Orleans. The Saints defense this year is allowing, through two weeks, that, uh, just preface that, it's only been two weeks, but they're allowing 343.5 passing yards per game. Matt Ryan leads all players any position in fantasy points so far this year, but yet he's only started by 50% of fantasy teams on ESPN.com. So that's got to change this week. Running back Melvin Gordon, San Diego. Playing the Colts, pretty good matchup because the Colts' defense is not great. Danny Woodhead's out for the year with a torn ACL. The next running back on on their roster, Dexter McCluster, who's pretty much just fast. 
and not anything else. So forgot about him. Melvin Gordon is going to uh, have a big week. He went over 100 yards for the first time in his career last week. He's got three touchdowns already this year after having zero last year as a rookie, and the Colts have given up 15 rushing touchdowns since the start of last year, which is the third most in the league. At wide receiver, my must-start is Jarvis Landry, Miami Dolphins. This guy's a target machine, 23 targets on the year. He leads the league in receptions with 17, 135 yards last week. And if you're worried about Joe Hayden, uh, they're playing the Browns, so if you're worried about Joe Hayden, don't be because Joe Hayden will not be shadowing Jarvis Landry in the slot very much. For example, week one, Eagles' Jordan Matthews, who has a very similar role in that offense, had seven catches, 114 yards, and and a score, I think, Landry puts up a line similar to that this week against Cleveland. Other guys I'm starting, if, if I've got them, Phillip Rivers, I think he'll have a big week. San Diego Chargers, I mentioned that matchup with the Colts. The Colts' defense is pretty bad, right. especially the secondary. A couple wide receivers, Marvin Jones from Detroit. It's his first year with the Lions, but Matthew Stafford likes him a lot. He's one of eight receivers in the league this year with over 200 yards over the first two weeks. It is a tough matchup at Green Bay, but I think he'll do some good things. Willie Sneed is a wide receiver. He's been getting think, a lot of hype. Yeah, I think that's a really good play this week. I'm not just betting big on Matty Ice and the Falcons in the shootout that will be on Monday night because Sneed has a touchdown in both Saints games so far this year. The only time they've played at home through the first two weeks in week one, he had nine catches for 172 yards wow. and a touchdown. So, And then my last two guys for this segment that I'm starting – Kind of more of a reach here. They're not quite sleepers, but they're not big names. Charles Sims filling in for Doug Martin in Tampa Bay. I think especially in PPR, he's had a good preseason and still some good production even when Martin was in the lineup. So I think he won't be running through the tackles all the time, but he's a good pass catching back. And then a tight end, Jacob Tammy. I just told Christian before the show today he needed a tight end, so I said add Jacob Tammy. He's got 11 catches and a touchdown this year, and I think he's got a good chance to score because I said that New Orleans-Atlanta game on Monday night is going to be very high scoring. So that's pretty much it for me. Those are the guys I like. Yeah, I mean, I love the Matt Ryan one. Uh, he's he he's a guy who I feel is disrespected every year. I don't know why he's never in that He always starts hot, but then he kind of fades. He so does. So he's good for the first few weeks, especially in fantasy. I'm really hoping you're right on the Melvin Gordon pick because he's on my team. Uh, he's been a pleasant surprise these first two weeks. Didn't score a touchdown in his rookie year, and he's come out uh, looking very good and looking very good in the red zone for them. And no Danny Woodhead. Uh, really should increase his point total. So, I mean, I really love those picks, Matt. Uh, that was great. Uh, I just really hope you're right on the second one. Because <laughs> I'm 0-2 in one league and 1-1 one in, one in, one in the other one, so uh, I really need to catch fire right now. Uh, that's it for our first fantasy football segment from Matt Murphy on who to start. We're going to get to uh, some Big Blue now. So here we are talking New York Giants football. Tom Scabelli prepared a report, our Giants beat reporter, so let's hear from him first before we get into our preview of their matchup against Washington. After surviving two close games, the New York Giants are 2-0. Last week in what was expected to be a high-scoring game, the Giants beat the Saints 16-13. Despite not scoring an offensive touchdown for the entire game, the Giants still found a way to win. And it started with the defense. They held the Saints offense to under 300 total yards, kept Drew Brees under pressure, and ran back a blocked field goal attempt for the team's only touchdown. So what's the difference with the defense this year? Eli Manning has an idea. It's probably that 200 million we spent, I think, right? <laughs> I think that might, that might have something to do with it. On offense, Manning threw for 368 yards, 
almost 300 combined to Odell Beckham Jr., Sterling Shepard, and Victor Cruz. Eli led the Giants downfield on the final drive, connecting with Cruz on a huge 34-yard catch to set up the game-winning Josh Brown field goal as time expired. It was an impressive team win that showed the Giants, unlike last season, can win ugly games. This week, the rival 0-2 Redskins come to town. There's another intense rivalry in this one, though. Odell Beckham Jr. and cornerback Josh Norman will face off for the first time since their heated matchup last December when Norman was with Carolina. While fans may want to see more intense action, a more mature Beckham needs to keep his focus on the game and expose Josh Norman as the overrated cornerback that he is. On defense, the Giants' pass rush will keep Kirk Cousins under pressure and prevent the offense from getting much going. I'm predicting a 27-20 Giants win with a big game from a determined Odell Beckham Jr. The Giants are the more talented team and they're at home. They have a great chance to start 3-0. With this week's Giants Report, I'm Tom Scabelli, WFUV Sports. Well, thanks, Tom. He's not here in the studio today, but another phenomenal job by him uh, recapping what he thinks is going to happen, uh, previewing what he thinks is going to happen against the Redskins. The Giants are a team, guys, that are 2-0, and but I haven't been particularly impressed by. Uh, I know what you're going to say, Christian. You're, you're going to probably not be very nice to them because you're an Eagles guy, but... Also because they haven't been that good. They also they really haven't been They're that good. Oh. Their defense has been good. Yeah. Their offense has not. Their money has been well spent. Yeah. But it was all spent on the all spent on the defense. Maybe they should have spent a little on the offense. Maybe gotten a running back. I don't know. Like I don't Vereen doesn't impress me at all. Jennings doesn't impress me at all. But the receiving core is phenomenal. It's, it's Sterling Shepard having a great game last week, over a hundred yards. I think it was eight catches. And uh Eli Manning had a great game. Victor Cruz looks pretty good and Odell Beckham is Odell Beckham to me he's the number one receiver in the NFL I it's almost a good thing though if you're a Giants fan because they haven't looked that great and yet they're 2-0 and you wonder what their ceiling is yeah and I think they have a really high ceiling because Eli has been throwing the ball around great and he's got so many targets Larry Donnell is another target and he's huge he's six foot six 280 pounds and he's Eli's you know red zone target because he's so big he gets those balls up there and he, Eli can really limit his turnovers getting up when he throws the ball up to Donnell. And also they need to take care of the ball this coming week because they had four turnovers last week and the defense bailed them out. They only gave up 26 yards total after those four turnovers and no points. So they can't rely on the defense to bail them out this week. Well, I mean, they're facing a team that's 0-2 and it seems like they're already falling apart in the locker room in regards to their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, who is taking a lot of blame so far. Yeah, there's far been some grumblings in the locker room. Are you surprised by that? The money he got and the, that the, the finish of the year he had last year was I, phenomenal. I think I'm. I think if, if I were a Washington fan, I'd be really glad that we franchised him and didn't give him a long-term deal. Because, I, I mean, they, they said, hey, go out and prove it. You know, go out and prove you've earned the deal, and he hasn't. He's come at there is, I, I was reading this uh, week that there was a comment from an anonymous Redskins player when asked about backup Colt McCoy <laughs> that said, quote, at least he'd play with poise, end quote. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of confidence in Kirk Cousins. He, I, mean, I mean, if you look strictly at his yardage totals, they're pretty high, but that's because they've been playing from behind for two weeks, so it's just high volume. I mean, he's, he's looked uncertain in himself with his receivers, indecisive. He just has not been good. 
and this and this is the best defense he's faced yet. Well, I mean, and, and the thing with Kirk Cousins is they didn't really have a a really tough schedule last year, did they? I mean, they, their no. division itself was not very competitive, and I feel like he got. He caught fire last year, but it was such a small sample size to give a guy that much money based off of that many games was a risky move by the Redskins, and right now it's not looking too good. It's only two games, though, and I think that's important to spotlight is the fact that we're two weeks into the season, and uh, it's although the odds of making the playoffs after going 0-2 are not good. uh, In the NFC East, though. Yeah, and they're in the NFC East. All three teams very improved, though. You yeah. Look at last year's Cowboys team, really, really bad. Last year's Giants team, I don't think their records showed what they really were, but they weren't great. And then Carson Wentz, I mean, come on, the guy's been unreal. He's the truth. Future, uh, future face, Hall of Famer Carson just, Wentz. He's just faced two of the worst teams in the NFL, but he's still really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I I hate to get off on a tangent here, but after Week <laughs> One against the Browns, all we heard was, "Let's see what he does when he goes to Chicago on Monday night in prime time." And all he did was go in. And dominate. Nah, it's not really a test. I'm sorry. <laughs> Chicago? Like, well, right. everyone said it was going to be, and then once he passed it, once he aced it, everyone said, oh, that's not really a test. I feel like that's how it usually goes. Just just like, because <laughs> he aced it, it's not really a test. <laughs> well, let's get back to the Giants. The Giants, uh, as Tom said in his report, Odell Beckham Jr., Josh Norman, round two. Uh, there's going to be a round three also later in the year. What do you see from that matchup? They've been going back and forth. Not Odell, actually, but Josh Norman and the, and the Giants receivers. Uh, who do you see having the upper hand in that ma- matchup, and and what do you think of this uh, this game in o- overall? Um, I I think I think they've both got to be really disciplined, especially Odell, because Norman's going to try to bait him, and all quarterbacks try to bait receivers into you know causing personal fouls and whatnot. And this year with the new personal foul rules, neither can afford to come off the field, especially Beckham. But uh, I think I think it's going to be a good matchup. I don't think they're going to be on each other the whole game because Norman again only the left side of the field. So, I don't know if I don't know if McAdoo even throws him out on that side of the field. So we'll we'll have to wait to see. But I think they'll get some plays against each other. Yeah, I think I think I think Odell should spend most of his game away from Josh Norman. I think you know I think Odell's you know he's a year older. He's maybe a little more mature. But I think if you're McAdoo, you can't take that risk since he's going to be playing Norman twice a year every year for as long as they're both in the NFC East. I think it's I think if Norman's only going to stay on the left, that it's smart to just keep Beckham away. I mean, I even saw last week a couple plays. Nothing major, but like getting a little push and push and pull from one of the Cowboys. Um, uh, week one, where one of the cow- whenever they played the Cowboys, yeah. one of the Cowboys corners was giving him a little push and pull, and he's you know throwing his hands out a little bit, maybe try- getting a little upset with the guy. So if he's already got a history with Norman, Norman's been baiting him over the off season. Maybe just a smart idea to keep him away, even if he could stay calm for the whole game against Norman. I wouldn't take that chance if I were McAdoo. Yeah. Boy, you got to have a big game if you're Josh Norman. I mean, the way he's yeah. talked this this summer leading up to this week, well, not leading up to this week, but the start of the season, he's making it tough for himself. Because yeah, going really up against is. a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. is tough enough. And then to talk the way he has, I've been surprised at how vocal he's been. Yeah. Especially after how angry he got last year in that game, and rightfully so. I mean, I was so disappointed with Odell Beckham Jr. And I'm not a Giants fan, but... I mean, I was a big Odell Beckham Jr. fan going into that game, and my view of him really went down. Now it's evening out because he's just not talking. He's just going to let his playing do do his you know playing on the field and not hopefully not act the way he did like he did last year. Um, but 
I'm excited. I'm excited because Norman's played well despite not shadowing the best receivers, but he's still played well. Yeah. And he's got a lot to lose if, yeah, <laughs> if, yeah. if he doesn't play but, well. So. But I, I think I think Norman's going for the, the high-risk, high-reward because I think if you're Josh Norman, the best way to shut down Odell Beckham Jr. is to get him off his game, get him mad, get him upset. Yeah. I agree. Because he's such a talented receiver. You're not no corner's gonna just shut him down. Yeah. I mean, like, unless it's like Darrell Revis in his prime, which we don't have anymore. Oh, but <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's gonna be really difficult to shut down Odell Beckham Jr. if he's on his game. So Norman's best bet is to get him off his game. So it's high risk, high reward, but I think that's what he's doing there. Yeah. The comments with Norman that bothered me is how he was saying his the his office is on the left side of the field. And I didn't even really like Revis's playing style, how it was just you know, the ball won't be thrown at him, and he'll just be on him the whole time. And then people started to realize Sherman was the best corner in the league because he would get picks. He would bait quarterbacks into throwing the ball at him. And Norman's just taking one side of the field. I mean, how could you call yourself the best corner in the league when you're not even playing? You're not even facing the best receiver on the other team. He's already faced Des Bryant, Antonio Brown. He's had the opportunity to face Des Bryant, he's Antonio He's done pretty Brown. well against them. Limited and, snaps, but he's done pretty but he's well. But he's not facing them. He's not going up against not them. Going up against so, them that much, so I don't yeah. get how you can call yourself the best corner in the league when you're facing the number number two receiver. So, you know, Victor Cruz is a good receiver. Sterling Shepard is a good receiver, but they're definitely no Odell Beckham. That's for sure. You know, but it's not even, it's not his choice, though, not to shadow the best receiver on the team. Is that just, like, he probably does think he can shadow the best, re- yeah. the best receiver on every team, but Jay Gruden and the defensive coordinator just doesn't put him on. Yeah, so I don't know if that speaks more so to the co- coaching staff or to Norman. If, is it his abilities, or is it just the coaching staff has a scheme and they don't want to deviate from it? I mean, Washington's not the only team that doesn't move their best corner from side to side to shadow their receiver. I mean, that's just how some teams do it. Yeah. And Norman's more of a star than other corners, so, I mean, it draws attention to the fact that he's not shadowing the best receiver. But I, some teams just run it that way. Norman doesn't set the defense. He doesn't say, all right, guys, no, we're going to run it my way because yeah. I want to shadow Brown or Bryant or Odell Beckham. He's just playing his defense. If, if he's on the left side the whole game, he's on the left side the whole game. There's not much he can do about it. It just rubs me the wrong way that you could get a player like Norman and just tell him, stay on the left side. You know, yeah. you'll, you'll take the left side. I mean, obviously a great player, but he, I, I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way a little bit that Gruden would do that or Norman would do that. I don't know exactly where it's coming from. And I remember in the preseason they were saying he got burnt a couple times. I don't know if that was on the right side or, you know, I don't know. But I just think Odell's due for a big game this week. So who do you guys see winning this game? Giants are on a little bit of a streak to start the season. The Redskins are in turmoil. Uh, Who do you see taking over? I think think reluctantly I'm going to have to pick the Giants here. They're at home. Washington has been so bad. (laughs) They're not going to get better facing this Giants defense. I mean, like. The defense is improved. Drew They're Brees good. was shut down. Pretty Drew, much. Drew Brees. He looks good, but he, he not, looked, not Drew Brees. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he threw a t- he threw one touchdown. Anytime you can hold Drew Brees to one touchdown, you think Kirk Cousins is getting a touchdown? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it. I'll give it. I'll give it a twenty to six win for the wow. Giants. Wow, twenty to six. I like it. Though. Yeah, I was um, I was gonna go like twenty four, thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, I mean, give, give him a little more than six. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe Kirk Cousins just lost one up and Deshaun Jackson just runs under it or something like that. I think it's going to be 28-14 Giants. I, we're, we got the sweep here. I'm Tom picking the Giants. We're all picking the Giants. Yeah. I, I see the Giants putting up points. I don't think uh, they'll have a tough time uh, scoring touchdowns this week. And I don't see Kirk Cousins and the Redskins turning it up. I really just don't see them starting to find their groove in this game. Maybe... Maybe later in the season, like they did last year, but not this week. And uh, the Giants are going to be three and zero, and the Redskins are going to be zero and three. That's our prediction, and, and that is 
money well spent for sure to be 3-0 starting off the season yeah. after missing the playoffs last year. Giants fans got to be ecstatic. Yeah, well, they can't be too optimistic about their chances <laughs> in the NFC East once they see future Hall of Famer Carson Wentz captaining the Eagles to the NFC oh, East God. title we'll this year. Once, but once he plays a real team. It's a good thing we'll the segment's <laughs> ending. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, we're that, gonna, that doesn't mean I'm done talking about Carson Wentz just because this I know you're going to fit we'll it in when we, when we do our pick-ems. I know oh, you're going to just go on a rant. Yeah, of course. So let's get to some Jets, but before that, let's get let's get our another fantasy segment from Matt Murphy on who to sit this week. Oh, no music this time? I we're not we, doing music this time, huh? I thought yeah. we had the music for every No, 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 for, we're uh, not, because we already introduced you. Well, that's all right. Yeah, I, I get that now. <laughs> but I would talk about Carson Wentz and keep that flow going, but this is a sit segment, so obviously not going to talk about Carson Wentz there because <laughs> he's the GOAT. Nice. But uh, there is a quarterback on my list, and his name is Andy Dalton because – the Cincinnati Bengals are playing the Denver Broncos defense this week, and that's probably the worst of the matchups you're going to see in fantasy this week. There's not a whole lot of bad matchups out there, but Dalton's just not good at dealing with pressure, and Denver really gets after the QB, Von Miller and company. I think they have eight or nine sacks so far already on the year. He'll have some good weeks this year, but I don't think Andy Dalton against Denver is a very good play. And another guy on that Cincinnati offense, Jeremy Hill, the running back. I'm not really feeling him this week either. I don't like the such whole, a disappointment. I don't like the whole Gio Bernard presence in that backfield <laughs> because he'll catch some screen passes and take a little attention away from Jeremy Hill. And I don't think either of them will have a, have a good week against the Denver front seven and their defense as a whole. Another running back that I'm pretty down on this week that. According to the ESPN waiver wire, most people are not down on because of the Adrian Peterson injury is Jarek McKinnon. He's been added a ton over the past week, obviously because of the AP injury, but I don't think that means he's going to have a good game, especially because they're playing hmm. at Carolina. And Carolina's defense just Great like, front seven. Yeah, just like Denver's defense is tough to run against, not to mention Matt Khalil, their left tackle, is out. And Matt Asiata gets a lot of the goal line carries for, for Minnesota. So right. fantasy perspective, I don't think Jarek McKinnon is a startable player yet maybe down the road he's got the talent maybe down the road this season he could be something and my last sit player is John Brown I told you guys I didn't have a lot of guys for this segment because the, the matchups aren't too bad this week but John Brown wide receiver Arizona they're at Buffalo this week I love me some John Brown the pride of Pittsburgh State but he just hasn't been right since a preseason concussion he only has two catches on the season one in each game it could take him a few more weeks to get that connection back with Carson Palmer. But I would hold off on dropping him for now. I heard Matthew Berry and some other fantasy football analysts saying if you have a better option, maybe drop John Brown. I think he's going to have a good second half of the season. That's tough to have is a is an Arizona receiver because they have such a balanced and Fitzgerald's going to have a good week too yeah. this week especially. Yeah, you have Fitzgerald, you have Michael Floyd, you have John Brown, you have David Johnson. That's a really tough offense to get a, a feel for fantasy-wise. But John Brown, his stats are comparable to the first two years of Antonio Brown. If you look at them, Matthew Berry looked at them side by side. They're like almost identical to Antonio Brown's first two years uh, from a fantasy standpoint. So that's something hey, to look got, out for in future years. Too. He's got a lot of ability, John Brown. You got to love him. But he's a deep ball threat. He's fast. He and Fitzgerald's probably going to retire yeah. soon. And I'm not a big Michael. He's Floyd never going to retire. Anyway, so. Yeah, I'm not a big Floyd guy either. He's actually on my team, our our station league team. Um, so thanks again, Matt. Uh, great job. I agree with pretty much every pick you've you've made. Thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll have to pull Jeremy Hill out of my flex. Good, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't start him. Think, I actually I'll have Bernard in my, in my flex. So. Yeah, Ooh, we'll get him out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's open it up for uh, Jets talk right now. 
So, we're going to get to the Jets, as I just said, but uh, I prepared a report that I have to play first, so let's listen to me from earlier. And a very awkward At transition. At 1-1, one one, the Jets begin their toughest stretch of the season, starting with a visit to Kansas City, who is also 1-1. One one. Despite a loud environment last week in Buffalo, Arrowhead Stadium has the reputation of being one of the toughest places to play in. Just ask quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. Chan and I played in an opener there a couple years ago, and the place was just on fire with the energy. So we know that we'll have to deal with that. The Chiefs, led by coach Andy Reid and quarterback Alex Smith, may be getting Pro Bowl running back Jamal Charles back after tearing his ACL last year. For the Jets, although Todd Bowles said Brandon Marshall will probably be a game-time decision as he deals with knee and foot injuries, it would be surprising if he didn't play. If he doesn't, it would be a huge blow to the offense, even with the emergence of Quincy Anunua. Despite the concerns, though, I expect last week's AFC Offensive Player of the Week, Ryan Fitzpatrick, to play a solid game against a very respectable defense. His biggest challenge will be keeping the ball away from Pro Bowl cornerback Marcus Peters, who was last year's Defensive Rookie of the Year. Peters, who was tied for the league lead in interceptions last year with eight, already has two this year. Jets offensive coordinator Chan Gailey is well aware of his ability. The way we look at a guy like that, he's dangerous. He'll take some chances and you can beat him on some things, but he'll do some things that you don't expect and he'll make a big play on you. You have to be very careful with a guy like that. In addition, I expect running back Bilal Powell to get more touches, forming a nice duo with Matt Forte. This is a really tough pick for me. I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Jets upset the Chiefs. But given the balance of their team and home field advantage, I think KC gets the win 21-17, and Gang Green slips to 1-2. Covering the... I'm Christian Goey, WFUV Sports. Yeah, thanks Christian, and uh, not Christian Hoban, me. And uh, like I said, this is going to be a real tough pick for me. I, I picked KC, although I'm probably going to flip-flop on this a lot within the next two days on who to pick. I think the Jets have a legitimate chance of winning this game. I'm not saying that because of me being a Jets fan and me reporting for the team. I legitimately think they are just as good as KC. It's just, in the end, I think KC, given that home home field advantage, and they're a really good team as it is, I think they'll, they'll squeak by on the Jets and get a win. Yeah, I think I think Kansas City is a, is a very, very good football team. I think everyone always underrates Alex Smith. He's never going to be a great quarterback but he's a very very good quarterback for what Andy Reid needs. He's a system quarterback. Yeah he's, yeah, he's a system quarterback <laughs> and with Andy Reid's system yeah, he's perfect for that offense and I, I think yeah I think this is going to be a tough one for the Jets. I think they can do it especially if Marshall plays at full strength. I think they can but that doesn't necessarily mean that they will. Right. It's a it's a big I, Marshall's probably going to play according to t- head coach Todd Bowles today. He said it's going to be a game time decision most likely but Marshall, I think, expects to play, and he had a limited practice today. Just, uh, had didn't practice earlier in the week, but had a limited practice today. I would be surprised if he didn't practice, but if he doesn't, if he doesn't play, uh, it would be a huge blow to that offense. Yeah, and he'll, I think he'll definitely get in the game. But but the Jets have targets too. They have Nunwa, they have they have Decker, and I think their secondary doesn't have a ton to be worried about. A ton to be worried about with Alex Smith. And I think Alex Smith is a good game manager, system quarterback, as we said. I think football guys always have good system quarterbacks. Andy Reid, football guy. Bill Belichick, football guy, system quarterbacks. <laughs> so I think I think the secondary will rebound this week against the Chiefs. 
And I think, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's coming off the best game of his career. Really? You're I, I, 375 I, I don't think that's that yards. Far, far I mean, fetched. yeah, 375 yards. And Matt Forte is a target as well. So even if Marshall is limited, I think the Jets will be okay. You're not worried at all about the secondary. A lot of people have been making a big deal of Darrell Revis and his declining yeah, ability. I understand the the reason for for Jets fans to be worried, but I I think they'll rebound this week. I think I think Smith is a decent matchup, and especially with Jamal Charles possibly not playing, he's listed as doubtful. They won't have as much on their plate with downfield tackling. Yeah, I I I would be concerned about the secondary if I were a Jets fan, but not this week. I mean, I don't know I don't know what Kansas City has in terms of stretching the field. They don't have much. I mean, Jeremy Macklin's their number one receiver and he's a very good receiver. He runs very good routes and he's a very good pass catcher, but he's not a deep threat. He's not a guy that stretches the field. I mean, Spencer Ware. Yeah, like, and, and it, Jamal Charles potentially getting tra- a few reps in does, the game. Does, tra- does, does Travis Kelsey scare you? He doesn't really scare me that much. I mean, he's a good tight end. But, I mean, Kansas City's a, a offense is just full of good players like yeah they have a lot of good players which makes them a very good team but there's no one player that scares the pants off of you well I think you know they, they've been saying Tyreek Hill is is a player to watch out for a uh, rookie out of West Alabama very fast guy smaller guy return man but he had a touchdown last week receiving so maybe if you're Casey you attack Darrell Reeves you attack with the deep ball with Tyreek Hill I understand what you guys are saying but Alex Smith is a guy that actually scares me. I, normally, I wouldn't be so high on Alex Smith. I think he's a game manager. I don't think he's that good. Uh, I think he's just in the right system. But he does his job very well in that system. And the Jets ha- had showed last week that they have a tr- they have a tough time containing those quarterbacks that can extend plays, like Tyrod Taylor. And I think that could be a problem for the Jets against a mobile quarterback like Alex Smith. And Andy Reid is one of the best in the business at exploiting the weaknesses of a defense when he's got a full you know week. That. When he's got a full week to prepare, he's as good as anybody at making a game plan. When you so when you see a struggling Jets secondary, he's going to look and he's going to know where he can exploit that. And I th- so I think I think it that's for that reason it's going to be tough, but I don't think I don't think necessarily the skill level of the Chiefs is something to be worried about. I think it's I think it's Andy Reid more so than anything. Yeah, but the skill level when you think about it, I mean, the Jets just need to limit that deep ball. I think if yeah. the secondary can keep everything in front of them, I think they'll be okay because that front seven is so good. If Reid gets safety help, yeah, yeah, and I think that the front seven will be able to put enough pressure on Smith to where the secondary will break down the routes and you know it just won't really work out for the Chiefs. And I think this Jets defense is really, really good. Aside from how the secondary has been playing, I think this Jets defense is really, really good. How much? Well, if Brandon Marshall is not a full go, do you see him? Do you see them losing the game if he's not a full go? Do you think it's dependent on Marshall's health? I don't know that it's dependent on his health, but it, it would help a lot if he were a full go. I would be more confident in the Jets. But I just if he's not a full go, that doesn't mean they can't win this game. I don't think it's. Either or, like I think, I think he could even not play at all, and they could still have a chance to win this game. But I, I, I think it'd be, I, I mean, obviously, it'd be very helpful to the Jets if he was at full strength. He's their best offensive right. player. But they do have a new one now, as as you mentioned, yeah. David. And they have they have weapons as well. I mean, if just going beyond that, I mean, Bilal Powell on the bench. I mean, Matt Forte is going to be getting his workload this week on yeah. you know pass catching catching passes as well as getting carries. And Bilal Powell, when Forte has to step out, I think Bilal Powell will do a good job stepping in. And I think I think those two running backs will be the key to the game for the Jets, with or without Marshall. Yeah, I mean, I love that point because I've been saying all summer, really, this is the most balanced team the Jets have ever had, yeah, in my absolutely. opinion, in a, at least in a long time. And you look offensively, it's the most talented team that they've had 
probably since they won a Super Bowl. Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, you have two legitimate outside threats, and now you have Quincy Anuma, and you have some young receivers in there that people don't know a lot about. Jalen Marshall, Marshall had a couple catches last week. Uh, unfortunately, they still don't have a tight end, but they have so many other options that it doesn't really make a huge impact. And then running back, you have Matt Forte and Bilal Powell, both very versatile backs, both guys that can catch the ball out of the backfield. And and their offensive line has played well. It's it's actually been defense that have, that has been scary for them. Um, with Darrell Rivas being the spotlight of that conversation. And fortunately, they have a ton of talent up front to take pressure off the DBs and get after the quarterback, hopefully. Yeah, when you when it's really helpful to a secondary when you can force a quarterback to throw it early. Because, I mean, especially when you when your biggest problem is like an aging player like Rivas, if he, he can hold a player for a receiver for three or four seconds, but like if he's going up against someone faster than him and the quarterback's got all the time in the world, yeah. I mean, there's not much a, a guy like Revis can do at that point with the way he's aged and has gotten slower. Think about how tough this stretch is going to be. They're, this is a very important game for the Jets. They, they're going to Kansas City, then they come home for the Seahawks next week, then they go to Pittsburgh, and then to Arizona. That four-game stretch, the Jets could be under 500 after those four games very easily. And even right after that, they've got Baltimore. That's no easy game either. It's at home. I would give the Jets that game, but yeah, you're right. It's no it's, easy win. It's not yeah. an easy win against yeah. a guy like Flacco, who is elite. Yeah, he is elite. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we touched on this last week, but yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty obvious that Flacco's elite. Yeah, yeah. So I, I yeah, that game's that game's not a, a gimme for the Jets either. So yeah, this the Browns is, a, is probably the biggest gimme on that yeah. list. And that's hey, October don't underestimate 30. the Browns. Yeah, I mean, Corey Coleman's now out and Cody Kessler's in, so yeah, don't under- underestimate <laughs> How long till Terrell Pryor's our quarterback, by the way? Uh, I would two love weeks. to see it. Two weeks. I'll like, two Edelman weeks. and Pryor are both starting one week? That would be amazing. Who starts first? Edelman. But No, but like if you have both on your roster, who would you who would you start? I would probably Pryor. go Edelman, actually. <laughs> really? <laughs> I just want to see what Edelman's well, got. T- and, then, and then all we need to happen is that uh, a bunch of Texans quarterbacks get hurt and Braxton Miller <laughs> comes in. Yeah, that would be that would be amazing. <laughs> Antoine Randall makes a comeback, <laughs> Brad Smith, something like that. That'd be unbelievable. So just to rehash, I'm picking KC twenty one seventeen. Who you guys got? I'm gonna flip you. I'm gonna go Jets. Okay, twenty one like KC seventeen. Yeah, I'm also gonna pick the Jets. I'm gonna pick the Jets fourteen to ten. I think this is not gonna wow. be a very high scoring game at all. Okay, two against three. I mean, I might I might flip it Saturday. You probably tomorrow. will. Yeah, I probably I'm surprised will. you haven't flipped it during this segment. Um, I'm trying to stay strong. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for our Jets segment. Uh, let's bring on Matt Murphy for his last fantasy football segment. Make it count. All right, guys. I'll make it count right from the start. For my movie buffs out there, Remember the Titans came out 16 years ago to the day, and I'm going to start off my list of sleepers with a Titan, Tajay Sharp. That was oh, that was phenomenal. Most, that's, that's highlight reel airtime. That's, right there. that's Tajay, the best transition I think I've ever heard on radio. <laughs> Tajay Sharp, this will probably be the last week that he can truly be considered a sleeper. I love this rookie out of UMass. He hasn't scored yet this year, but he starts for the Titans, and he's on the field a ton. He's been targeted on more than 20% of his routes. I think he's a safe PPR flex option. Keeping it with the wide receiver position, Devontae Parker, he's questionable for the Dolphins against Cleveland with a hamstring injury, but in Adam Gase's offense, there's always that potential for big plays, and he had quietly had eight catches for 106 yards last week. He's only being started by 15% of teams on ESPN, one of those being my team, so we <laughs> hope that works out. Jamison Crowder, 
talk about these New York teams. That He's at the Giants this week, the Redskins' second-year receiver. The Giants' defense has been really good so far this year, and Washington's had their issues, like you guys said, with chemistry in the locker room, but it hasn't seemed to affect Kirk Cousins and Crowder because he has six catches in each of their games, and he scored a touchdown last week. He's a flex option in deeper PPR leagues. I had Quincy Anunua from the Jets on here as a sleeper, but you guys talked about him, so <laughs> if you got him, maybe consider throwing him in, especially if Marshall's out. And then my last three players for sleepers are all tight ends. Two of them play for the Colts, Dwayne Allen and Jack Doyle. Only play one of them, obviously. I'd go Doyle. No Dante Moncrief this week. He's out with an injury. Andrew Luck needs someone to throw it to. They, they have a lot of two tight end sets, so you're basically picking who you think is going to score the touchdown, I think. I don't know. Doyle's a little bit riskier than Allen, but let's just go with him. Doyle gets the end zone targets, though, right? Yeah, I think so. so and then the last guy, Dennis Pitta. Joe Flacco's elite. We talked about it. The Baltimore Ravens tight end, Dennis Pitta, at Jacksonville this week. My sources tell me that Dennis Pitta is literally Joe Flacco's best friend. Literally. So, Not surprised. Seriously, though, he, Two had, elite players. he had nine catches last week for over 100 yards, and he's only owned by under 50% of teams. So Dennis Pitt is my last sleeper. But if you need a really deep sleeper, Dwayne Washington, running back from the Detroit Lions. Okay. Amir Abdullah is that on is the, a deep sleeper. Amir He'll get you, what, like two points? <laughs> he might, he, he <laughs> gets some goal lines. Just roasting he Matt scored, Murphy on air. He I love scored it. <laughs> in week one as their third string running back behind Amir Abdullah and Theo Riddick. Now right. Abdullah is out, and Riddick is mostly a pass catching back. That's a good option. Yeah, he's, he's, not, he's not really a goal line. Dwayne Washington. I mean, if you're in guy. like a 32 team league, like every player <laughs> in the league is taken. Yeah, I go like Dwayne Washington. <laughs> Well, that's it. That's it for fantasy football, Matt. Uh, great stuff again. A lot of love for the Colts, uh, Jack Doyle and Dwayne Allen. I, I would like. I would probably go Dwayne Allen actually, considering he's just a better athlete and better player. But yeah. you never know. Those that's a typical Colts player, Jack Doyle, the lunch pail guy. Um, let's get to our weekly picks. Matt is going to go behind the glass with our producer Reed to to say who he thinks will win each game, and uh, we're going to pick each game. So let's start off. Uh, get some music. Let's look oh, into the crystal ball go. for some weekly NFL predictions. So, so first off, we have Arizona and Buffalo, and uh, I'm hoping Arizona wins this game for the Jets' sake. Uh, so I think Arizona's going to win. They're just a superior team. Yeah, you, you got to go Cardinals here. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Arizona as well. I don't think Buffalo just hasn't impressed me at all. So I'll take Arizona. I think we're having some technical difficulties getting these guys on air. So we're just going to move on to Minnesota and Carolina while they figure that out. Uh, Carolina, they had some hiccups against the 49ers last week. Uh, that was another I would fire you if you picked San Francisco in that game, but uh, we're not going to mention what happened last <laughs> week. Carolina's going to win despite Minnesota looking really good with Sam Bradford, and they have no running back, so definitely Carolina. Yeah, I'm going to take the Panthers here, but it's going to be closer than people think. hate to keep it boring, but I'm not a big Sam Bradford guy. I was running around all this week asking people, Jay Cutler or Sam Bradford? I say Jay Cutler, but I'm going to go, go, go with the Panthers here. Big right. win. I, I like it. I like it. Uh, is Reed, Reed, are you there? Can you speak on air? No, we can't hear no, you. No, we can't hear you. Do you want to just tell us your pick? No, you don't want to? Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Detroit, Cincinnati, uh, or Denver, Cincinnati, excuse me. Uh, I'm going to go Denver. I mean, they're 3-0. The defending Super Bowl champs, champs are, are going to beat the Bengals. That's a tough one, though. 
yeah, I think I think it's going to be pretty close. I was actually surprised when I looked at this game to see that uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are the favorite in this game, but I think it's going to be the Broncos. I'm going to go different this time. I'm going to say A.J. Green, two touchdowns, Bengals victory. All right. And Matt Murphy's here. Pleasure so. to be here, boys. <laughs> Denver gets the upset win, which shouldn't be considered an upset, yeah, even it's though it's on upset. the road. <laughs> Who do you like in the other two games, Arizona-Buffalo and Minnesota-Carolina? Wait, where are we at? Minnesota, Carolina, <laughs> Carolina, easy. And what was the last one? Arizona, Buffalo. That's, Arizona, that's another easy. easy one. Easy. Detroit, Green Bay. De- Green Bay just looking terrible last week, uh, but I'm still gonna go with Green Bay. Yeah, the Packers aren't a team that's known to have two bad weeks in a row. Home uh-huh. against the Lions, Green Bay. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers has not looked great. It's not looked like Aaron Rodgers in a really long time. But I- I'm gonna say at Lambeau, I'll take the Packers. It's their home opener, guys. Aaron Rodgers is not oh, broke. Yeah. Is not broken. They'll be fine. Green Bay. Discount double check. Uh, uh, the who cares game of the week, Jacksonville and Baltimore. Uh, Jacksonville is probably going to win, in my opinion. They're off to a terrible start. I think they're at home. Blake Bortles is going to rebound. Allen Robinson hopefully gets me some fantasy points. Same with Blake Bortles. He's my starting quarterback. So I'm going to go with Jacksonville. As much as I hope Robinson gets me some fantasy points as well, I just think the Jaguars are not very good. I think it's going to be Baltimore, even though they're in Jacksonville. I think Flacco's going to keep feeding Mike Wallace. Big game for those two guys. I'm going to go Baltimore. Blake Bortles has really disappointed me so far this year. I'm going Baltimore as well. All right. I mean, uh, I'm surprised. You're really a, you're really in on Baltimore. Picking them uh, as a know. tough like, team like against the Jets yeah, and picking yeah. them as a winner. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, you, you don't think Joe Flacco's elite, but you love them. That's surprising. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just a good matchup. <laughs> Cleveland and Miami. Cleveland without uh, their quarterback. And uh, Cody Kessler is going to play. And they don't have Corey Coleman, their first-round pick. I'm going to go Miami, even if they did have those guys, Miami. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a blowout, Miami. I don't want to pick Miami, but I got to. So I'm going <laughs> to go Miami just because the Browns are just so bad right now. Jarvis Landry is going to have like 100 catches. Miami wins it. Okay. Uh, Washington Giants, we already picked. We all picked the Giants. Uh, who do you have in that one, Matt? Uh, I have the Giants. I don't think... Like Christian, I don't think Washington can solve their problems uh, in one week. All right. All right, Oakland, Tennessee. Tennessee, Marcus Mariota at home. They just came off a big win against Detroit, but I'm still going to go Oakland, I think, on the road. Uh, I don't know. Actually, I'm going to go Tennessee. Make up your mind. Which one? Tennessee. Okay. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big, big Derek Carr fan. Yes. And if yes. I – I'm I'm an even bigger I'm an even bigger Amari Cooper yes. fan. <laughs> I, I I think most games that they play, and I'm going to pick the Raiders, even if I'm lo- wrong a lot of the time. So I'm going to go with the Raiders. I'm an even bigger er Khalil Mack fan. Oh my so goodness! Don't even get me started. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Okay. I got the Raiders as well. This was probably the hardest game for me to pick this week, though. I do like Oakland, Tennessee, Tennessee and remember the Titans' anniversary today. So. <laughs> yeah. San Francisco, Seattle, Seattle, right? Right? They win. I can't do this two weeks in a row. I picked <laughs> Los Angeles last week. Uh, San Francisco is just not good enough. It's Seattle. Seattle. Seattle wins it easy. L.A., Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. L.A. is not going to win in Tampa against Jameis. Again, I can't Jameis pull this Jameis. off two weeks in a row with the Rams, so I'm going to go with the <laughs> Buccaneers. Yeah, love Jameis. Love the, the Bucks at home. I'm going with the Bucks. I think Jameis gets it back on track as well. Tampa Bay all the way. Indy San Diego. San Diego has looked pretty good offensively, and uh, Andrew Luck has looked—he looked good in the first week. He didn't look good last week, but I'm going to go Indy at home. Indianapolis's defense has been uh, subpar, and the Chargers have really impressed me offensively, even without Keenan Allen. Melvin Gordon's impressed me. I'm going to take the Chargers here. It's going to be a 
the running game is going to be important for the Colts here, and I think Frank Gore will have a good game. I think the Colts will pull it out. I got San Diego on the road. Oh, Phillip wow. Rivers could lose half his roster like he does every year and still pull out a win this week. I don't know how he does it. He's got Travis Benjamin as the number one receiver, but San Diego wins it on the road. Jets, KC, we already picked. I got KC. David and Christian have the Jets. Matt, who you got? I got the Jets. I don't On the okay. road, I picked a lot of road teams this week, but Ryan Fitzpatrick keeps the mojo going and the Jets win. Okay. Pitt and Philly in Philly. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to go Pitt. Well, you're gonna first you're real gonna, test. You're gonna you're gonna look silly uh, come uh, Sunday at 4:25 because future Hall of Famer Carson Wentz gonna lead the Eagles to three and zero, keep him keeping pace with the Giants in the NFC East. This is my game of the week. Wow, hate, hate to do it, but I'm gonna go Philly. It's a good one. Wow, and I'm not gonna pick the Eagles. Surprisingly, wow. I just I don't know. I, I picked Pittsburgh to win the Super Bowl this year, and I'm gonna I think they just stay hot. Okay, Dallas at home against Chicago. Dallas is gonna win that one. Yeah, this is a this is not going to be a fun football game to watch. These are two not very good teams, but it, it Dallas is the the lesser of two bad teams. So I'm going to take the Cowboys. This just seems like a game that Dallas would lose, but I don't think That's I don't true. think they're, I don't think they're going to lose it. I'll pick, I'll pick the Cowboys. Nice stadium though, it's aesthetically pleasing. So I got Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> and our last one, Monday Night Football, New Orleans at home against Atlanta. I'm going to say New Orleans gets the win with Drew Brees, their first win of the season. Yeah, I, Matt Ryan uh, and the Falcons have impressed me more than I thought they would this season, and the opposite has been true of the Saints. I'm going to take the Falcons. I'll, I'll go with Matt's big fantasy pick for this week, sticking with Matty Ice for a Falcons victory on the road. <laughs> oh, Matt Ryan's going to have a huge game, but so is Drew Brees, and they're going to win on like the last drive or something. Love it's it. going to be in the 50s, I think. <laughs> New Orleans wins at home because Drew Brees is slightly better at quarterback. Fair enough. All right, that's it for this week's game pick. Sorry, Reed, that you didn't get on, but I'm sure you'll get on probably next week. Great job, guys. Uh, had a great time. We'll be back next week for our Week 4 edition. It should be Tom Scabelli uh, leading the way instead of me, so luckily for you guys. Thanks for again for joining us. I'm Christian Goey, David Spampanato, Matt Murphy, Christian Hoban, Reed Horner producing. Thanks, guys. Listen again next week. This has been One-on-One's NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.